and searching What most people say just can't be found But you always find me out Welcome to Following the Fire. Thanks for joining us on this journey through the wilderness. Just like Israel followed the pillar of fire and smoke, we want to take a new look at our beliefs and just follow him. And like Israel, we get it wrong a lot, we get lost a lot, but we're we're doing our best to, to go where God leads us. I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. Can't compare with what you're worth. Today on our inaugural episode, we'll be introducing ourselves to you, talking a bit about our spiritual journeys, and kind of why we're doing this whole podcast thing in the first place. Hey Nathan, how are you? Hey Steve. I have been uh, drinking from a fire hose all day, and I'm really happy to, now I'm sitting down and I can breathe and uh, get to hang out with you, so I'm excited for that. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of preparing to to drink out of a fire hose tomorrow because yeah. I've got meetings like all day long. <laughs> yeah, when you... I, it, it, those meetings that you have that you just have to be in all of them, but like you only need it for about five minutes at that time. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, we have a when a meeting is really bad, we call it a workshop. <laughs> and uh, I. I just got out of a workshop um, and it, it, I have flashbacks to college. I hated uh, any kind of a group report or any kind of group project because uh, probably for lots of reasons that I need to, you know, talk to a counselor about, but (laughs) because I feel so much uh, like, I feel like I'm representing myself anytime I do an assignment or do a presentation. And when I have to like, someone's like, or we could, let's do it this way. And I'm like, that's not a good way though. Oh no. (laughs) So, you know, we have this. So the worst possible thing for me is when we have this workshop and we have to condense it into a five slide thing. And when someone else writes the slide, but then says, you've got to talk about it. Oh yeah. So, uh, that just happened to me. Uh, this morning and my 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 tomorrow is is empty though so this is my uh i get to relax so good so speaking of group projects we're doing a podcast we're doing a podcast yeah so um but maybe start off like saying who we are so people who are listening know who we are sure so i'm steve martin um let's see what should I say about myself? Let's see. I've, I am... I've got a whole thing written down about you because I I was thinking about this um, because at first I was like, we're kind of like an odd couple in some ways, you know, um, we've got a lot of differences. And then I started writing it down and I was like, we are, we are extremely similar in several weird ways. So uh, I'll have to, we'll have to explore that. <laughs> yeah. So I am... I guess I guess I'm middle aged now. Wow, forty five ish. Really? And yeah, forty five. It I'm always. Old. I think of you as the same age as me, even though obviously you're much more mature than I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But I, uh, I, I think anytime you see your age, you're not supposed to react like that. Like really? But 
<laughs> but you, you know. You're so much younger than I thought, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm 45. I live in Colorado, have my whole life. And well, I, I grew up here and then went to college at Oklahoma Christian University. Got my degree in Bible and missions and went off. I got married, went off to the mission field in Germany, to Dresden, Germany. And where I lived there for about three and a half years. Um, have two kids. One of them was born in Germany. One was born here. And they're both teenagers, which still blows my mind and makes me really feel 45. Let's see, job-wise. So I, I did the mission work thing for a while and then came back to the States. And I knew that I never wanted to ever in my life for any reason whatsoever get into a position where I was going to be paid by a church to do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were and, burned. I was burned hard, yeah. and we—that's uh, maybe a topic for another time. Is exactly what happened, but yeah, it was it was hard, and and we we came back to the states, and we we're like, okay, do we want to go to Oklahoma, where my wife's family lives, or Fort Collins, where my family lives? Because you know, being away from family for so long, you want to kind of reconnect a little bit. And so we moved back to the to, to town, and I started doing uh, freelance web design and then UX design. And then I got a job at a, you know, like a big boy job at a corporation here and then worked myself into management. And now, now I, somehow I'm managing software engineers and I have no way, no clue how to engineer software. So wow. it's kind of weird. Yeah. I always tell people that I know the words that everybody, all my employees are saying, but I don't know the sentences. <laughs> right. So, um, so, well, we'll, we'll get into the other stuff later, but that, that's kind of, that's kind of me. Um, been married for, I kind of, we just had our 23rd anniversary. Can't believe I've been married that long. Wow. That's yeah. Officially married longer than I've been not married. I'm going to be, I'm going to be old. I'm going to be old when that happens. And I've known you for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> probably my entire life, or almost my entire life. I, yeah, but I would not have remembered it. So who? Are, so who are you, Nathan? So I'm. Um, I was just trying to figure out how many uh, days I've been married, just in case it was the same amount of years that you've been married. But <laughs> uh, I think my math is wrong there. Um, but I'm Nathan Wheat. Uh, I grew up in Fort Collins, also, um, and went to. School in Oklahoma, also same school, but I uh, I initially went there um, with fire in my heart and a passion to study political science. Really? Yeah. Um, I was uh, to take it. I guess I, I started in college because that's you know I feel like when identity starts to really really be formed significantly. But in high school, I was uh, I've been involved in politics since I was in fourth grade, actually. Um, really? Yeah. Did so, you like want to run for office or what? What? Uh, when I was in high school, at the toward the end of high school, yeah, um, I wanted to be a staffer for somebody, you know, some huh. some, some national office. Or um, for a while, my dream was um, uh, I, I think it's called the Foreign Service. I'm going to get this wrong because it's been so so long. But um, the people who stay 
when the ambassador leaves and gets switched to the next party, hmm. you know, because ambassadors are interesting, you know, rich donors or, you know, they, they kind change, of cycle through, they cycle through and they're kind of like a figurehead, but there's a whole administration that's doing real stuff and, and stays there, you know, mm-hmm. and the training for that is really cool. You have to cycle through different countries, including crisis countries and um, kind of get that kind of uh on the ground training and it's very um very global and political and feels like you're doing something so Hmm. but um yeah i've been uh you know i remember listening to rush limbaugh on the um whatever the armed forces radio is in belgium (laughs) you know um and i was in uh some formative years i lived in a foreign country uh during the bill clinton impeachment trial which um if, oh, if, if you're an, if you're an American of any kind, and some big significant thing happens in America, and you're the only American, it doesn't matter if you're in fifth grade or or what, people are going to be talking to you about it. So, um, huh? That was actually how I kind of that was my catalyst to get interested in politics because all of a sudden I was a little bit embarrassed about our president. Didn't quite understand all the details, but understood that you know some something embarrassing and shameful happened. And, uh, everyone was talking to me about it. So, um, Hmm. and I kind of, uh, you know, uh, I feel like I, I follow politics kind of like some people follow college sports or baseball or, you know, um, I, I just kind of check in every week and have for a couple of decades, just what's going on. Um, who are the players, who's winning, who's losing just as kind of a hobby. So. But I, uh, I quickly in college became disillusioned with what political science would mean and realized like, I don't know if this is the way to change the world. I think I was right about that. It's probably not the right way. <laughs> and, uh, instead I had a really per- persuasive roommate who said, I, so I was like, I don't want to do political science. I don't feel like I'm learning a whole lot. I, I really like it, but I don't know if that's what I want to do. And he was like, you should do mechanical engineering. I was like, what is mechanical engineering? And he said, it's like political science. (laughs) It's like political science. (laughs) But he literally told me, uh, so I didn't have to take any more math. I I had already taken the math. um, And he was like, yeah, you'll, you'll be like half a year ahead and it's really practical and you can get a job. So I was like, all right. So I did mechanical engineering. um, No idea you know, not really very passionate about it. And probably if I had gone back, I'd, I'd do something different, but, um, but at a Christian school. So, um, and cubits and stuff, we know how to build arcs and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Um, so, uh, but it was, it was really hard for me to be in a, in the Bible belt culture where, um, I, it was a really hard transition for me to go from, you know, Colorado is not, um, communist China, but the, but in school I was ridiculed for, for my beliefs by, you know, by teachers. And so in Fort Collins in high school, I felt like, felt like it was counter countercultural to be Christian. And so it was just a strange, strange phenomenon to suddenly be in a culture where it's actually cultural to be Christian yeah. Then regardless of how far it's sunk in, it's 
it's the thing to do. And that, it was very disorienting for me. Hmm. Um, now I'm trying to remember. There's a big hole in my story in what I can even remember. Then lots of stuff happened. Um, <laughs> I, I found myself working for an engineering company in Paris, France. That was really fun. Um, as a kid, I had lived in Belgium uh, for a few years and been part of a, you know, just a participant in the congregation of a missionary church um, mm-hmm. in Belgium. But my Paris, France experience, I just completely, I saw, I, I went to church a handful of times, but just kind of started drifting. Um, mm. And that's like a, a several, several hours of, of story could be told about what was, what was I thinking, what was going on. But I came back and just was empty, depressed, uh, and, uh, started, uh, just kind of hit, hit a really low point in my life, quit my job kind of impulsively, which was a really bad idea. Um, and then just kind of spiraled out of control for, for a few months. Um, Mm. So ended up with a kid out of the deal. Um, and then that was kind of a, a moment for me to look at kind of what, you know, a life that I wasn't really driving. I was just kind of riding along and, uh, got to experience the humility that comes from being humiliated when, you know, Mm. when, when you, uh, when you don't forced humility, forced humility, which is better in my opinion than, you know, f- try to be humble. But if you're not going to be humble, I actually think it's good to be humiliated, but try, but try not, you know, try not to get, just be humble first so that you don't have to be humiliated. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a Bible verse actually. Um, <laughs> it's to the Bible somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's in there a couple of times because I kind of got to experience life as broken and, uh, no more, kind of illusion of self-righteousness um, yeah. that I, I've definitely strongly had as a, you know, um, just like as part of my culture, I guess. Um, so um, for me, I ended up back in my home congregation. Like I n- never thought that I would either, but it was, for me, it was a moment of humility and uh, I opened myself up to a community that, that helped lift me up and and it was really powerful. So that was, you know, around that point, that's six years ago now. Wow. Time flies. Yeah. And when I said six years though, it feels, it feels decades ago um, in, you know, in distance in, I don't know, spiritual distance. Um, But yeah, it's amazing how, how, different my relationship with god is now so that was a that went kind of deep and dark into that's not not dark (laughs) it's hard to it's hard to uh it's hard to introduce myself and and say like here's where i am now without like maybe the short way to say it is i i learned the hard way most of the time and i'm working on not learning the hard way but uh but now I'm so now I'm a uh, I'm getting used to saying that I'm not a single dad because I was a single dad for six years, just got mm. married in September, um, COVID wedding, 
um, w- w- during the fires. I don't, you know, if anyone remembers 2020 <laughs> that year, it's kind of hard to like. We're not going to speak of 2020. In between the the murder hornets and the fires is when I got married. <laughs> um, so it was a uh, it was so smoky that I got married in the state of Washington, and it's like four states away: uh, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Oregon, Washington. And uh, you couldn't see three of the states. You, as soon as you drove um, out of uh, Wyoming into Utah, it, you you could stare straight at the sun. It was so smoky. So got married. And yeah, I, I, I work for a, almost a competitor water company. To the I, one I work for? To the one that you, yeah. So we, <laughs> so we, uh, we, we've both lived abroad, uh, learned different languages there, went to the same college from Fort Collins. Our grandpas are both preachers. They're, oh, that's right. You're, you're your mom's dad. Yeah. Your mom's dad and my mom's dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Work for water companies. <laughs> Work for water companies. Yep. Um, the, the, there's several other, uh, similarities that I thought of, but, um, I think it's funny because we, a lot of what we've done has been in, has been completely different. Um, sure. we're, not, we're not that similar, but we've, we've, I feel like we've lived in parallel in, in a lot of ways. Cause you, you know, I wasn't at the same school as you at the same time. Right. But, um, we, re- we would both go back and recognize, you know, all the same stuff. So. I also feel like one of the reasons that I think we're having this conversation and, and wanted to do this is because of uh, all the things that happened last year that in some way involved our religious life and our civic life mm-hmm. or our private belief and our public expression of what is right or what, you know, um, I feel like there have been so many things that were that compelled us to to want to speak, but yeah. we're, we're also learning that that can that not every not everyone wants to, you know not everyone th- thinks the same way. Of course, not not everyone who shares our faith shares those same uh, passions. But I think one really interesting thing is that we we both lived in a different country and learned a different language. And and I feel like that significantly changes how you read the Bible, or even ha- how you talk about the Bible and talk about translations and, and oh, language yeah. and that kind of thing. You know, that's a really good point because I my view has have changed so much over the years on so many different things, and I think that's partly, like you said, that's kind of why we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because the my views on politics on God on the church on what it means to follow God uh, so much has changed over the years because of the exposure that I've had to different things and I think that that is key to looking back in my life as far as the the progress of things like uh when I was in high school I was uh, like part of the young republicans club or whatever it was called. Yeah. I was the president in at my, at my high school. <laughs> yeah. And I even wore, like, I remember it, it's embarrassing now, but the, there at the time, I think it was a junior or senior in high school. 
and Colorado was had this uh, proposition number two. It was to remove rights, any any kind of rights from the LGBT community. Yeah. Uh, and I, I went and bought this shirt from the Young Republicans Club at CSU here in town. And it was like top 10 reasons to be yes on to. And it was just 10 extremely horrible, insulting, looking back, I, I you know, <laughs> repentant. In sackcloth and ashes for that one. Yeah, but um, and I, I, it was so bad it got banned from school. And at the moment at the time, I was thinking like, so proud of myself for being banned for having a shirt that's preaching the truth. Yeah, Yeah, martyr. Yeah. And then after college, um, I remember I, I had a job where I drove around the state of Oklahoma a lot, fixing printers and computers, and I listened to Rush Limbaugh all the time and Glenn Beck all the time. And I tried to balance myself out by listening to the NPR shows once in a while, but um, <laughs> tried right. to tell myself that it was balanced, but not really. And but then, funny thing happened on on the way to Germany. <laughs> um, it was we moved there in two thousand five, yeah, two thousand five. And um, I remember I got to the point where I. We we went there knowing ahead of time we're like we're not going to talk about politics because we know that the German politics in general are very very different, and we didn't want to. We're like we're here for Christ. We're not here for Republican values or whatever or yeah. American reasons. And um, is that there's actually a bit of a change in my life before that when I had. Um, I spent a semester in the Vienna Studies program at, at OC. So I lived for a, a semester in Vienna. and uh, But it was, it was still a very living in a bubble. But moving, living in Germany, East Germany, um, former quote-unquote communist area, area of, of Germany, by forcing myself to not talk about politics, I started realizing how unimportant some of, the, some of it was to like the larger kingdom. And yeah. and how ridiculous some of the views that I held were. And because, you know, it, people talk a lot about socialism. It's like the it's like the word you throw out there if you don't like what someone's saying. Ah, socialist. But I was living in a country that was more or less socialist. What what a lot of Republicans now are afraid of in in right. America. And I realized, hey, these people are happy. <laughs> <laughs> They have families, they go on vacation, you know, they have a disposable income. I mean, it's so seeing the, the, that other countries could live in a different way and, and be okay made me start really rethinking a lot of things. And, and even like what you're saying about the Bible, um, I remember it's, it kind of blew my mind when I found out that the book James in, I'm like, I was going through the the German book Bible, and it's Jacobus, which Jacob. is like, <laughs> wait ja- a minute, <laughs> yeah, it's like Jacob. I'm like, wait, no, it's James, not Jacob. And yeah. and then I realized, uh, looking back, like at the original language, it it says Jacobus, uh, Jacob, but yeah. then I found out that King James wanted his name in the Bible somewhere, <laughs> so they changed the any any reference to Jacob in the book of in the New Testament was changed to James. All cha- Wow. All of them. Yeah. 
brother of Jesus, not James, is Jacob. Um, but that, in a weird way, that one thing, I remember that being kind of a pivotal point in my realization that the way I'm looking at faith and, and the Bible, because, you know, our, our in our faith tradition, for lack of a better term, the Bible is almost worshipped. It's like the Bible is everything. And when yeah. I realized that there, it's like almost a chink in the armor of the Bible in some ways, when I saw this Jacob James thing, not that I lost faith in scripture or God or whatever, but it just made me realize I should take a new look at this, not mm-hmm. just assume that the answers that I've always assumed are the answers are the answers. And right. that's just kind of progressed over time and coming back to the States um, and being immersed in the the world that we I came back into, which is very very different from Germany and very different from Oklahoma for, for sure. Uh, I started really delving into a lot of the corners of my, my belief and my faith that were as yet uh, previously un, un, unlooked at. They were kind of, I ignored or tried to uh, move away from things like evolution homosexuality, like all the quote-unquote hot-button topics. And uh, I taught a lot of classes at church about those topics because I felt like we all needed to re- take a new look at them. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's a lot of the journey where I, to take me to where I am now is to try... Um, what I'm trying to do in my spiritual life is try to follow God the right way. Not just follow God the way that we have always done it, or like I, I always, I always tell my employees at work, do not say to me we've always done it that way, as as a reason for doing a thing that way. Yeah, because I don't care if you've always done it that way. Is it the right thing to do? Is it the right yeah. way to do it? Um. Like having some done something for X number of years does not make it right; it just makes it historical. And I, I, I am trying to look at my faith and, and scripture in the same way. And sometimes, I mean, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and it's the, I, I identify with so much that, that you said there, but just talking about. Um, Anytime, you know, you're, you're talking about perspective. So you can get perspective from learning a different language and realizing their Bible has a different name. That, that happens in Dutch as well um, and in French. Um, but you can get perspective. There's so many different ways to get perspective. Yeah. Um, and I feel I feel like for me, um, just living, living in, a, in another country for a few years and then coming back, I was extremely conservative after that still. That's when, you know, mm-hmm. that's when I started being conservative, but, but I couldn't go along with everything. And, and I was always uh, confused about things like kind of a, a, a blind um, praise of the United States of America as a, as a country. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the United States of America very much. And if I was in France and I heard someone speaking with an American accent, I'd get excited because that's oh, yeah. a, yeah. that's a, that's a brother of mine, you know? Um, but, you know, I've also read, you know, 
I've I've traveled around on public transportation and I've I've seen what a different life can look like in in Norway where it's a little bit slower and you know maybe better right so and it doesn't hurt me personally to say like maybe there's some countries who have figured out some things that we haven't or you know what are mm-hmm. what are our our weaknesses and you know those are just all bits of perspective and um I think for me when I I had a a faith and life and every an economic crisis all at the same time. Wow, that's that's a lot at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All at the same time, and I felt maybe for the first time the the embrace and comfort of God in like a the kind of way that people that I had talked about and read about for mm. a very long time. Um, and I I kind of realized that. I have never had a relationship with God hmm. um, and, and kind of like you mentioned, but what I have done is had a relationship with the Bible Yeah, and you know, uh, I know the Bible really, really well, not, mm-hmm. not like professor or doctor well, but of, of Bible professor or doctor of, you know, biblical studies or something. But, but I, I know it really, really well. Like I can win arguments kind of well, <laughs> And it was very, very important to me, not not just so I could win arguments because I, I wanted to be doing the right thing, yeah. but somehow I just completely missed the relationship part, which is kind of like saying I missed it all. I missed the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. And I, the way that I, because I'm, I'm kind of a, my internet skills are really good. I can find out information about people and that's a, it's a, it's like a super power, but it's a really creepy superpower. So I try not to. <laughs> Try not to use it. But my analogy is that I, I don't even know if, if people use this phrase anymore, but I Facebook stalk God. Interesting. You remember yeah. Facebook stalking? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, is that still a thing? So especially before you could lock it all down, you could just go on and, and read oh, yeah, everything. everything about somebody, look at all their pictures, see who all their friends are, what kind of music they like. With zero interaction. With ze- Without ever having met them. Right. So you could, you know, you could... You know, and so how awkward would it be to finally meet that person for the first time and you know everything about them that's on Facebook? <laughs> you don't, but you don't know them at all. You don't have a relationship with them. You don't know how to talk to them. You certainly don't know how to listen to them. And that's how, um, that's how I felt. I still feel that way a lot because I feel like I have an imbalance of knowing a lot of things about scripture read through a kind of specific paradigm that's um, that's been shaking and, and changing. But what I'm interested in is like, who is this Jesus guy? Mm. Um, and what does it, what does a relationship look like? And when I'm in that relationship, then how does it, how does that change me? And Hmm. that's been, I I got to lead a, a, a small group and that was a, just a awesome, this awesome chance for me to just basically get to, um, try all these things and ask people like, what, how do you do this? What, what is your relationship like? Because I just, I didn't inherit that from my parents and, and I didn't, I didn't realize it was missing until, until recently. So that's been a thing that I'm, that, that I'm just, it's, it, it changes how you read, how, how, how I've read scripture and why I read scripture. Um, and it, 
And one of the biggest topics that I've been trying to think about is I think a, a really big thing that I that I've taken away from our faith tradition is the importance of believing the correct thing. Oh yeah. Um, so much so that I, I am, I think the most accurate name for what I am is a believer because I'm not a doer of anything. I'm a, I just have lots of believies that I believe and I, I get a stop there because that I, I did the, that's what I, you know, I did the right thing. I'm in the right spot. And so I've been trying to do a little bit like maybe I should maybe I should get some things wrong and, and not worry too much about like there's some topics that I don't I don't feel like I've got the right answer, but maybe I should just say I don't think I have the right answer and and just figure out what sh- what should I do though, who should I be? And um I wanna be a follower. I wanna go the places that Jesus would go. I wanna say things like he would say it to people that he would be talking to. But I, I have, I have this, this thing to fight, which is like that I bring with me, which is like believing the right thing is important. And so I'll, I'll go into another church and I'll see something and, I, and I'll, I'll want to say something about it. Not, not about yeah. the, like what, the, what are the, they're, they're, they said something in the wrong way or. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, a silly example is, uh, like if people are taking the Lord's Supper or communion and they use bread, oh, like. which, <laughs> which I call leavened bread. That bread has leaven in it. Might you as know, well be using me... a donut, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, no, but the symbol, the symbolism of there's that there's not any and that it's the body of Christ and that he's, you know, and, and I, my brain will just like start buzzing about oh, yeah. that. Um, and, uh, because I lack perspective to see like, what's okay, Nathan, is that important (laughs) on on what, you know, when I go camping, if I've got a cliff bar, I'll use that. So, uh, if, if I'm at some church and they're, they're dipping leavened bread, (laughs) uh, you know, um, why do I, why do I want to be like, that seems wrong. Somebody needs to be corrected. And this is important when I should be like, man, what a loving group of people I, I've been, you know, singing with this the past 30 minutes, you know. Who am I without you? What could I ever do if you had never loved me? Who am I without you? Yeah, I, I love your distinction between believer and follower. Because, I mean, the Bible and, and I mean, even going up in church, we're taught we're told to be disciples of Christ, right? And so, a disciple just means it's somebody who follows Christ. And I, I think that I, I'm I'm you know having grown up in the same church as you did, I, I there's uh, there always has been so much emphasis on the Bible. And I think that that in a lot of ways, that's fine. Um, there's a lot, there's so much in scripture to learn about God. I think it's there for us to, to learn about who he is, what his, his, uh, his character is like and how, how to approach life. And you know, obviously learn about Jesus. And so we know how, what following him would look like, but it's looking back, it has, it reached the, 
the level of, like I mentioned earlier, kind of this worship of scripture and yeah. not that you're not worshiping God, but I think anytime you start worshiping anything but God is a problem. And, you know, growing up, my, my grandpa was, um, he was, he's a preacher for, isn't for ever. And, and his, he, he was like, he loved the word of God. He loved scripture. And I love him for it because he taught me a lot of fantastic things. But uh, I always remember, like, I remember one time we had a, like, we had like, remember like, you know, tri- tri- Trivial Pursuit, like, like with the board game? Yeah. We had a Bible Trivial Pursuit. Nice. And we would, we'd get like, remember one Christmas we got like the entire extended family, like 20 people to play against my grandpa. And he blew wow. us out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the most obscure thing possible. The guy read, read the Bible. I think he read the New Testament five times a year and the Old Testament three times a year. And on top of in-depth studies of, but anyway, and I wanted to, I, I really wanted to emulate that. Yeah. So I went to, went to school and I, I, I think I've had a college level course in just about every single book of the Bible on some level. And, um, I learned Greek and dabbled in Hebrew enough to be dangerous. And, you know, I, I was so invested in knowing things about yeah. God and about Jesus and about the Bible that I, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I think I, I'm also at the point of trying to figure out what a relationship with God really means. Cause it's, it's something that you say you're supposed to have. Right. Um, and it's what, the goal is, and I, I even I even taught a class about heaven and hell a few years back, and I, re- I through my study I really got to the point where I, I really think that heaven is really the ultimate relationship with God. It's it's obviously all the stuff in the Bible is a metaphor for different things, but I think what it really comes down to is that's the point where the relationship between you and God really becomes a thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like what it always was supposed to have been. Yeah, when it's in the correct place that it should be. When it that's what this really Bible-y word righteousness right. is. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's a weird word that we've that has come to mean something else. So it's kind of useless now. But it, it's not. You know, it's not that I'm morally good. It's that I'm in the correct stance. Yeah. I'm in the correct relationship with God, you know? And that has so many knock-on effects that I'm, some of them I'm just starting to see. And I think, I, I, I kind of, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of get the vibe that we're in the same boat a little bit with the, I, I've always been so closely connected to our church in one form or another around the world, or our faith tradition, whatever, tribe, whatever you want to call it that I never had the chance to step back and reassess. Um, I always, I, I never have ever gone to a non-Church of Christ in my life for worship. Never? Never. Oh man, you're missing out on the wrong kind of bread. And because I, I was, I, I always felt that that was wrong to darken the doors of another church. And I, I, I remember in college, I was on the, the choir tour, 
and my freshman year, we went to West Point. We're going to sing for worship services at the West Point Chapel. Wow. And I, me and a couple of the other students were like, we're like, we're not going to do it. If it was just for a concert, fine. But this is for worship, not going to happen. And um, I was, you know, I was very proud of my righteous stance, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> ironically, it didn't happen because our bus broke down in, in New York City and we didn't, like, it didn't get even make the, the thing at West Point at all, so we didn't go at all. But, I mean, so it, my, my point is, having never even seen anything beyond what I've always grown up with, I feel like I, I with with the pandemic, with the lockdown, I haven't been to to a church for worship since March, I guess. March fifteenth ish. Yeah. And me neither. And so because of that, I mean our congregation has started having in person worship since like, I think August. But I've got health issues that I I I'm trying to stay away from people because health issues and um, that forced distance among other things, which we can get to at some other time, but the forced distance has caused me to once again, reassess things that I always thought were the way they are. And the other day I was, we're getting ready as a family, we're getting ready to watch, watch worship on, at our congregation and something was wrong. It wasn't working. And so we're like sitting around like, what do we do? What do we do? And I'm like, well, let's pop on this other church stream that I heard some folks like your parents are going to like mm-hmm. virtually. Yeah. It's popped on this other church and, and it's it, very different, obviously instrumental music, you know, um, some of the theology is a bit different, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so it was so different, but what I'm getting at is when I was watching it, like it was, it hit me in such a different way that I like, I started, I, I think I broke down crying three times before the sermon even came along. Just the way they were talking about different things and some of the messages of the music. And, it, um, and I think it hit me so hard because I'm like, I felt like I'm 45 and I've missed out on a whole spectrum of faith and way and following Christ in, in deeper, deeper ways in different, different depths and different ways. And I'm like, I almost, it was almost a, like tears of joy and relief and also of, of sadness and grief because of what I've missed and what is out there. Not that, church I grew up in is wrong and this one's all right because it's not every church has issues I don't understand that but uh, I I think the pandemic has done I think this has done this to a lot of people that I think so yeah. force, forcing distance from anything that you've been used to and you think that this is always the way it should be I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm making, am I making sense you're yeah you're you're totally making sense and uh, I think um I don't know why I thought of this. This this is almost completely unrelated, but 
Um, I remember learning once that as bankers, there's these laws that you have to take a vacation because <laughs> if you're if you're like a corrupt, dirty banker and you've got some kind of a scheme going on and then you leave and someone else has to fill in for you for, for seven days, mm. they're going to catch you. So so the, huh. the people that, that have, have got something going on, they would never take a vacation. So, they, so now there's laws to – because – that's really? how they, they would catch yeah yeah i, I had no um, idea i i'm not an expert on this but um my yeah, uh, it makes sense i guess overheard it from my uncle because he's a, he's a banker talking about this kind of thing um that's the worst example but you have to sometimes you have to pause in order to even realize like oh you know what what's going on here what's you just have to keep running it yeah and you don't think about it when you keep running it but but for me, um, you know, re- remote church, pandemic church has been disorienting in some ways. And I, we are totally built for human interaction. Oh, and, yeah. Um, when I, the next time that I'm in a congregation in person, I'm going to just be bawling the entire time. <laughs> I, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. how bad, you know, if it's all my least favorite songs and a sermon that I don't like and they've got, you know, spongy bread, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be bawling. Yeah. Um, but so it's, you know, so th- there's something mi- missing and that that's so true. Uh, and so it's been disorienting, but it's also felt to me like a Sabbath. It, it's felt like mm. a, a rest from the, just the, you know, the, that this is just a, th- you know, Wednesday nights for me as a, especially as a single parent to get dinner together and then get to church. I would, I would just be completely empty there and went you know uh, yeah I, I, I wasn't contributing at all i wasn't even taking in anything um i was just showing up kind of going showing up and getting getting to take a sabbath and a rest i've also i've connected with a lot of you know there, there's so much richness of tradition but also just like spirit-filled jesus followers you know, and, and when suddenly you get to either do it remotely or you get to see a conversation on Twitter or something, um, or, or I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, you, you get to connect with these people and they don't have to live in your neighborhood for you to hear, hear those people. So, um, yeah, and it can be, and it, and it feels, so I, I think the following the fire, uh, f- for me that this idea like as we were talking and just how I felt in my faith has been, it very much feels like a, like a, you know, the Israel in the wilderness type of thing. Yeah. And that's used in so many ways. Sometimes it's just used as the, like, remember the punishment of the Israelites and they were lost for 40 years. And that's a, you know, that's a true thing that they're going through, but it's also when God taught Israel how to have a relationship with him. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and the way he did that was by trust me, follow me, you know, um, I'm going to provide for you in all of these amazing ways. That's, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm wanting to, to make of this moment is either when I feel lost because of all of the things that have changed or that, or that I'm, uh, grieving that, that have changed. Am I looking for, am I looking for that, that voice? Am I, am I trying to follow to see what's what's going to happen next, and I, and I, 
am I trusting that the next day is going to be okay or that this day is going to be okay and that I'm going to get what I need and that I don't have to fight tooth and nail for it on my own um, and that I'm here for, for, for a reason and that reason is to be Christ now and what, what does that look like, you know? Yeah, and when we were when we were texting back and forth trying to figure out a name for this thing, <laughs> you know, I, I came with a, a whole bunch of ideas uh, of, of varying quality, and when it's it's when we, I forget where it came from, but when we started talking about this idea of wandering, and and you said something about the pillar of fire and the and smoke, and that that really I think that really hit both of us as something that mm-hmm. I think that we're both feeling for you know for the same and different reasons. I hadn't I hadn't thought of the the aspect of that's like you just said that that's when God really taught them how to have a relationship with Him, you know. It's so practice, it, right? It, it's it's we 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 talked about the, the following versus just believing, and so that's part of it: following the the fire in the wilderness, yeah, uh, and trusting, but having this deeper relationship, um, is I think something that I'm, I'm excited about talking through with you. Um, and one, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this this analogy of want, following the fire in the wilderness, and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Sometimes I would have hated that. Yeah. Sometimes God's <laughs> going to lead you someplace at night, in the dark, in the wilderness, that's cold and it's uncomfortable or maybe dangerous. I don't know. Um, I don't want to get in, I don't know, drag the analogy out too far, but you, you know what I'm saying. So I'm really looking forward to this whole faith journey through the wilderness with Nathan Wheat. Me, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Um, all the same stuff. I guess I would say amen to that. <laughs> all right. Are you going to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Seems right. like a natural end. Well, I'll chat to you later, man. All right. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks, yeah. Steve. We're really glad you joined us for our discussion today. For show notes and contact info, please go to followingthefire.com. We'd also really appreciate you giving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And special thanks to Daniel Wheat for our music. You can find more of his great stuff on Spotify. See you later. Even on my heart Can't compare with what you're worth